0: let's go to John 18 today to begin. In the last week I talked about deception and this week we'll go along with last week and I want to actually look at this, one of the same scriptures that I looked at last week but in John 18 this is where Jesus is before Pilate. And Pilate comes out with this classic uh, phrase. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you the, the king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And that can be a question asked today. Uh, That can be something that people uh, believe, and we'll we'll talk about that very shortly. They believe, many, many people believe that they're in the truth. You talk to this person, you talk to that person, uh, even... The cults, people in the cults, they believe they're in the truth. You know, well, what is truth? What is truth? One of the things truth is not, it's not subjective. And that means that you perform this mental act in your mind. So you believe it's true, it's true. You, you see that all the time with people. They'll say something or they'll believe something, and because in their mind they've done these these mental gymnastics, so to speak, and uh, they attach their personal view or their personal bias to it, and then they call it the truth. So because a person believes it's true, we know it's not necessarily true. So because a person has some... In their mind, some fact of a matter doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Uh, for example, you know, many, many centuries ago, there were those that believed that the world was flat. And some of them got that from the Bible where it says from the four corners of the earth. The two scriptures in the Bible, Revelation and somewhere else, and I think it's in the Old Testament, where it talks about the four corners of the earth. So now because reasoning says because there's four corners of the earth, the earth must be flat, so you can't take a ship and sail into the ocean because you know, the earth is, is flat. You'll fall off the, the outside of it. You know, you'll fall off. So in their thinking and their reasoning and their believing, they believed that with all their heart, with all their mind, they believed it. And you see that today. People will believe something, And they will not be deterred from that. They believe 100% that that's true. Does it make it true? Because they believe it. No. Now to them, they believe it's true. Some of the cults believe things are true. They are convinced that they're true. And they'll move and function as though they are in the truth. And they have the only truth. And that's it. Well... This also moves over, I believe, into the spiritual realm where people believe a certain thing with all their heart and because they believe it with all their heart, they say it's true. It may not necessarily be true. It may be true if there's faith and it's lining up with the revealed word of God. But because a person adheres and believes to something with all their heart doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Now in John, I'll just read this, there is in the Bible, you, you read this throughout the Bible, but in particular in the Gospels and in the Epistles, there is this universal light. Uh, in John 1.9 it says, and this was the true light, meaning Jesus, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So this light, Jesus, is available to whoever so for a person to have the truth or for a person to understand and walk in the truth, they must come to the light. You know, It's put in the Bible this universe whosoever will can come to Jesus, to the light, and, and then continue on. But there's an, a scripture in Revela- uh, Revelation, Romans, it's very interesting. It says that they changed the truth of God For a lie, or they, it says they change, you can't really change the truth, truth, but that word means exchanged, in their heart, they looked at the truth, and they changed that to fit their own lifestyle, and you see that today with churches ordaining, you know, homosexuals and whatever, I don't know how they can justify that in the word of God, but they'll go and they'll study, I I saw one individual He studied the the verses in Romans 1 and some other verses, and he went down through it, and he concluded that that doesn't say anything negative about that lifestyle. Now, he changed because of his desire for what he wanted truth to say. You change it into a lie. And this is quite common in the world today, changing what is true into a lie, as far as their concern, as far as how they relate to it, now they're, they're relating to that and functioning in, in something else. In Psalm 51, turn there. So we must, first of all, have the truth in order to understand truth. We must have the truth, meaning Jesus Christ, in order to understand it. Now, in Psalm 51, this is, and I hope we're not going to get too far behind by looking at some of these verses. Um, this is David. Uh, you can see he, he sinned with Bathsheba, and you see his heart now reaching out to God. He, he's convicted of his sin, and he's moving back into this relationship with the Lord that he once had. And in verse 6, He says, Behold, you, meaning God, desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. So so David says that, Lord, I know you desire for me to have truth in the inner part, and that is true. He wants all to have truth in the inner parts, in particular those who have called upon his name, those who are Christians to have truth in the inward part. But one of the things, if you go on here in these verses, uh, verse 7, he says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be made clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Uh, Verse 10, and this is a verse we know, Create in me a clean heart, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So it will take a desire for him and a turning away from sin. This is a basic thing. Having, having the heart of the individual, like we're seeing with David. You, know, you want Jesus. You want him to reveal the truth to you. You must turn away from sin, and you must have this desire for him. You know, create in me, Lord, a clean heart. You know, I realize that you have a desire for me to have truth in the inward parts. Now, to do the truth, to do it, we must walk in the light. We must walk in the light. In 1 John, uh, you can turn to Matthew 6. I'll read this. 1 John 1 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, remember John is a believer and he's addressing believers. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So a Christian, a Christian, can walk in darkness, John says it, says it in the epistle. We were never meant to walk in darkness, but we were meant to walk in the light. And there is no truth. We will not glean truth if we're not walking in the light. Uh, 1 John, I'll read another verse, 2-9 He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness. So a person can believe with all their heart that they're in the light. But if they have something against their brother, if they have an attitude against their brother, if they hate their brother, John says that you're in the dark. He who says he's in the light. See, the person is saying he's in the light. But if he hates his brother, he can say he's in the light all he wants. John says that he is in darkness. And he goes on a couple of verses from there. And he says, if you're going to continue walking in that way, you're going to actually be walking in darkness. And here you have a person who thinks they're, they're walking in the light. It's really, really strange. They're, they think they're walking in the light and they're walking in darkness. In Matthew 6... And I mentioned this verse last week because this is an important verse. It's very important to have an understanding of this and allow the Lord to purify our hearts if need be so that the truth that comes through the pulpit, through um, the word, through your study, and whatever it may be, that is taken into you uh, correctly. So in Matthew 6 23, but if your eye is evil, or if it's bad, or if it's uh, impure, your whole body will be full of darkness. Now it doesn't matter. You know, you can say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm walking in the light. And that may be true. But if now your eye becomes impure or it becomes evil, um, your, your eye is evil toward your brother, then at that particular point, you are no longer bringing the truth into your heart that is pure truth. You're bringing something that's mixed with other pollutants that will actually bring darkness with it. And eventually, if that's not corrected, if the Holy Spirit can't get in your life and correct that, he can't get in my life and change that, then eventually the individual will be functioning in some type of darkness. Now hold your place there and go to Deuteronomy 28. Because this this verse here is, and I heard this taught years ago. This this verse is so important and we miss certain things in the scriptures as far as, as how that relates to us. In Deuteronomy twenty-eight, verse fifteen. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today. Then he talks about all the curses coming upon you and eventually overtaking you. So, so from verse 15 all the way through um, most of the, the chapter, if not all the chapter, is dealing with disobedience. So, if you go down to verse fifty four I might have to have somebody read this from the King James Somebody read that from the King James okay so the guy the man and this refers to the woman also in verse fifty six who is a delicate or he's very sensitive to the Lord, if that individual becomes disobedient and, and they move in that, not just disobeying one time, although that can affect you, yes, but if that is where the person is going to start to move toward, that eventually he, he's saying what's going to happen here is that they're going to have an evil eye toward Their brother. And the delicate woman in verse 56, the same thing. If if she is going to begin to disobey the Lord, eventually what's going to come in her life is going to be this evil eye. So disobedience, listen to this, disobedience in the life of any Christian will result in an evil eye. Now, I, I really believe that that is one of the main problems with Christians today. Not, I mean, in general, Christians. That end up twisting, as Peter says, that those who, he uses the word rest, or twist the scriptures to make something... Mean something else to their own destruction you, you twist them to your own destruction, and you talk to some Christians and you, you you say, Where in the world are you getting these things? Surely not the Bible that I'm reading, but they, they get they get it from the same Bible. they just twist it so for you and I, we need to understand if we are going to begin to move into disobedience, it doesn't matter how many times we go to church, doesn't matter how much we read the Bible, because what we're going to be taking in now, because we have, as it says in Matthew, this evil eye, what happens is now it's going to be tainted, it's going to be polluted, and that is going to have an effect in the heart and life to the point where if... I remain in disobedience, and I will continue to move that way, that eventually I will have this evil eye, and that brings darkness, even though I'm, I'm reading the same Bible with someone else. It's bringing darkness. It's, it's, it's very, very, I guess it's kind of difficult to understand this. So back in Matthew, verse 23, Matthew 6. But if your eye is evil, it's bad, it's it's impure, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you, see the individuals calling what is in them light, well, I'm right, this is what the Bible says, this is the direction, I I believe this is the way I should be going. they're They're in deception, you see, they've moved into Deception. They think they're right. And Jesus says, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? The reason he says, how great is that darkness is because you can't see it. You think you're in the light. You're not in the light. You think that everything's okay. You hate your brother. You have an evil eye. And you think you're you're moving in the pure uh, truth. You're not moving in the pure truth because it's tainted. There's darkness mixed in there. Not because of the word. Not because... Some false thing that's come forth is because of the heart of the individual. And then that thing continues on and snowballs. And then there's, there's difficulty with the person. Verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye, if therefore your eye is single. If it's single, if it's good, if it's clear. One of the meanings is clear. Um, one of the meanings is uh, pure. If it's functioning pro- <clears throat> Excuse me. if it's functioning properly, <clears throat> if your eye is single, if it's functioning the way it is to function, if there is a purity in your heart, then your whole body will be full of light. Your spiritual body will be full of light. So how are we as Christians? Are we hearing the word with other motives going on in our heart in our life do we have other self desires do we have other motivations or do we have another direction and i shared with you briefly and some of you who've been here a long time know what i'm talking about that we had an incident in church many years ago where a leader was given certain things and they were moving in certain things and Jim Jim knew the Lord had revealed that to him. Uh, I knew there was something, and we never talked. I knew there was something incorrect, but I, I couldn't put my finger on it until the Lord came to me in the evening one day, and he showed me exactly what it was, and it was a deception. Now, the individual was giving forth Scripture. He was teaching Scripture. He was reading and teaching from the same Bible that you have in your hand. But because there were other things going on, because he had uh, another motivation, he wanted to take the whole church in a completely different way. Now, he wasn't the pastor, you see. But in his heart, he wanted to take the church in a completely different way. And he was deceived and being, he was being deceived and he was deceiving. And I believe that there was an evil eye there. There had to be because of the other motivation, the other things that he wanted to do on the sly underneath where nobody could see it. And so, you know, if the Lord can't correct that, you know, even now if the Lord can't correct that, what, what is that person bringing in? Well, there's something there that that is tainting the truth. So the pure light in this verse, verse 22, the pure light is promised to you if you have a single eye, if you have a pure eye, if your eye is what it should be, then you will bring to you, to your heart, Pure light as it comes forth. It comes to you. You, you bring that in. No other motivation. No other you know, directions that you, you know, I want to be somebody. I, I want to I learn so that I can have the preeminence. Well, that's an evil eye. So you see, what's the reason why you want biblical knowledge? What's the reason why you want to know Jesus? Why do you want a knowledge of the truth? Why do you want knowledge... And wisdom, Knowledge and wisdom. You know, for what reason? See, we need to examine ourselves to see what's going on. You know, you, you can't examine your heart. You can't examine yourself. The Holy Spirit will help you to see if there's something there that's not right. So that you can make it right. So that whenever you, you gather the light, then it has, it has all the qualities to do now in you what it is to do, and you will begin, you will take in the truth, and you'll function, and you'll walk in the truth. So this is something I believe is hidden from Christians. They don't understand this one portion of Scripture, and they don't function in this thing, and because of it, you have all these strange things that go on with Christians. Uh, I mean, I've heard some things that Christians have said, and they, they believe what they're saying is... Of the word of God. And it's, I mean, it's not the word of God that I know anyway. It's something different. There's a deception. I was talking last week about deception uh, from the devil. Uh, There's a self-deception that places covers over your eyes, scales over the eyes. As an example, Paul, Paul was a Pharisee. And let's actually turn there. Acts 22, this is from Psalm 43, and I want to say that there is, there is no truth apart from the light, and I'll read this verse, it says, "O oh, send out your light and your truth, in the scriptures, the light and the truth, they, they move together. So you're not going to have truth without the light. So the light must come to you, to me. And the light will bring the truth. But we have to have this single eye for that to do and be what it is to be. Now in Acts 22, I want you to see this. Now, Paul is, is recounting here, uh, I don't know, is he, is this Agrippa? I'm not sure. But he's, he's recounting his experience, his salvation experience. Now, remember, Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and Paul had a zeal for God, but without knowledge. So he believes with all his heart that he's in the truth. He's a Pharisee. So he goes to, I think it was Damascus, he he gets letters to go to the synagogues in Damascus and to to go and persecute the Christians, to take them bound, to take them, chain them up, take them back to Jerusalem, put them on trial and, and kill them or whatever. So he believes with all his heart that what he's doing is right, and he believes it's true, True, true. And that the the Jews' religion and the law of Moses and all is as true as true can be. Now, Now, think about this. God gives the law to the Israelites. Did he not? And Paul studied the scriptures under Gamaliel, the great teacher... And yet, Jesus comes on the scene. He corrects the Jews, and now it's time to correct Paul, and he's going to bring the light. He's bringing the light to Paul. So in verse 6, chapter 22, verse 6, Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noontime. Now, noontime, when the sun is out, it's pretty bright outside, isn't it? You put the glasses on, you can't look toward the sun, it's really bright. Noontime, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. So here comes the light. Paul is functioning in what he thinks is light. He thinks it's true. He's moving in that. Now the light comes. Now Jesus is coming. Verse 7, And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you? So now the light has come, and now with the light comes revelation. You see this frequently in the scriptures, and you will experience that in your life at times. So first the light comes, and now comes the revelation. And he said to him, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. So now he has the light, now he has revelation. But see, that's not the end of the the thing, that's not the end of the matter. Now sometimes with people that's the end of the matter, but that's not the end of the matter. Verse 9, and those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. They heard something, but they didn't hear the voice that spoke to me, Paul says. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? Now, why is he saying that? Because of the light and because of the revelation now that I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you're persecuting. So the Lord said to me, arise and go to Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. So with revelation here now came direction, and then he must be obedient. You must be obedient. So, you, you know, the same thing we saw in Deuteronomy 28. You know, there, you have to have the obedience there for there to be this, this pure taking in of, of the light, of the truth. Now, you remember in 1 Kings, you can turn there, 1 Kings 19. The setting is that Elijah goes up with the prophets of Baal, and challenges them. They try calling fire down from heaven. We know the story. Elijah calls fire down from heaven, and then the people go, and they they slay, they kill all the prophets of Baal. Now, those prophets were mainly Jezebel's prophets, Ahab and Jezebel, his wife. And Elijah probably thought, well, when I do this great act of God, for sure, you know, it's, it's going to do the trick, and they're going to see it, and they're going to come down, and things will be fine. So what happens is, she says, so, I'll kind of paraphrase it, so be it unto me, as to, uh, the same as the prophets, if by tomorrow I don't hunt you down and kill you. So she's sending her, her armies after her. Elijah, so Elijah gets up, he's afraid, and he takes off, so he travels, and the Lord sustains him, has an angel sustain him, and he goes, he gives him a little meal, and he goes in the power of that for 40 days, and then in chapter 19, verse 9, so here's Elijah on the run. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So here comes the light. See, There's Elijah fleeing from Jezebel. He's there in a cave, and he comes out, and here comes the light. Well, what are you doing here? And so he begins to say, well, I'm here because you know, I've been faithful to the Lord God, and you know, he's telling the Lord, you know, all this stuff that's, go, that's going on is what the Lord doesn't know. But he goes on and he tells him, you know, what's happened here. And in verse, verse 15, after he tells him that, the Lord says, Then the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elijah in your place, in your stead. So here comes the revelation. First the light comes to him. Now comes the revelation again. God begins to reveal things. Now he, he has his attention. The light came. The light, you know, Now the brightness of the light's there. Now he brings the revelation in. And then he goes on, he says in verse 18, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel of whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and as every mouth has not kissed him, this Baal, this idol. And so now with the revelation, again, you see this in the scriptures. He gives him direction. He says, Now go back, go back. And and this is what I want you to do. And he had to be obedient to it anoint this the king of Syria, and Elisha Elisha in your stead, and so on. So light and revelation are are linked in the scriptures also. So truth and light, and light and revelation, they all are are linked together. They all move and function in a certain way to perform some particular thing the Lord wants. There is no revelation apart from the light. Now, I gave you two examples where the light came, then revelation came. There's no revelation. So I'm trying to link this together for you. So if the Christian has an evil eye, And they think that they are taking in truth and light. Jesus said if your eye is evil, your body was going to be full of what? Darkness. Darkness. So the individual is thinking that they are, are taking in the light. But they think they're functioning in the truth. They think they're functioning in the light. And because of their eye, their spiritual eye, They're taking in darkness. So how can you have revelation without the light? You can't. See, the light comes first. So we must be walking in the light for the Lord to bring certain things to us. If we're going to decide that we're going to walk in the light for a while, then we're going to walk in darkness, and then we're going to walk in the light, then we're going to walk in darkness, then the Bible says that we're, are, we're meant not even realize it, but there is this disobedience, and what's going to happen is we're going to end up having this evil eye. And if we have the evil eye toward our brother or whatever, then we're not going to be taking in the pure light. And it's important to take in the pure light. Desire the sincere or the the unpolluted, the pure milk of the word. Now, what would happen if some of you who have young children, if you would give them a bottle of milk and you would start mixing in all this other stuff? You put a little bit of oil in it, a little bit of antifreeze. And, uh, you know, it looks like milk. There, there it is. Oh, it's milk. Give it to the baby. What's going to happen to the baby? They're going to get sick and possibly die. Well, we know that. That's simple, right? For a mother, you know that. Well, why don't we know this when it comes to the Word of God? Why don't we know this as far as you know, the light, the truth, and revelation? Why don't we understand these things? Why don't Christians... Examine their heart, like it says in the New Testament, to see if there is something incorrect. You see this in the Old Testament in, in Psalms. You know, examine me, Lord, the psalmist says, to see if there is an evil way in me or an evil eye, some wrong motivation. You know, why? So I can be right with the Lord, yes. But also to, to, so that the individual now will be taking in the pure light, the pure truth. Now, I'm not talking about your theology being right. Because your theology could be correct. You can believe in the Trinity. You can believe in baptism. You can believe in all these different things. And you can go to the scriptures. You can write them down. You can believe them and still have an evil eye. See, You understand what I'm saying? This can be a deception if a person doesn't see it and function right. Now, you don't have to know any of this, by the way, and have a pure heart, a clean heart, with good desires. And you don't have to know this and function, in, in the truth come, and you function and walk in the truth and have the light and all that. But it's, it's good to know it and see it. That's why Jesus said it, so that we can be aware of these things. And if there's something in us that isn't correct, allow the Lord to correct it. Now, in 1 John, you don't have to turn there. I just want to read these. There is no revelation apart from the the light. If we are not keeping the commandments, I better actually read this, how John says this. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So a person can say, I know him. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So if we're not keeping, it, keeping the commandments, we are not functioning in the truth. And then the light is covered, and revelation is missing. Because we're not obeying the commandment, whatever he's teaching me, showing me. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to walk in. This is how you need to function. Whatever it may be. We need to walk in the light. If you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin just keeps on doing its job. John 3. Now, we know that the, the devil deceives. We know. Everybody knows that. It's a Christian. What is not so well no, known is that there is and can be self-deception. We can deceive ourselves, and you see that in the scriptures if you are a hearer of the word, not a a doer of the word, you deceive yourself. You're deceived. It's what what James says. So we can be deceived. And I I believe the key in this, you know, this deception, or not being deceived, I should say, is to have this pure eye. That's the key. Because if you can maintain that, then the Lord can bring to you whatever truth He wants. He can bring whatever light He wants. He can bring whatever revelation pertaining to something out here or something in your heart and life. See, it, 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 it all, if it's right in you and I, then whatever comes, we're, we're fine. We'll be okay. We'll, we'll do all right. John 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Verse twenty-one. But he who does the light, or he who does the truth, or lives by it, practices it, or he he, he wants to do what's right. His eye is pure. His eye is not evil. His eye is pure. It's single. That one comes to the light, verse 21, that his deeds may be clearly seen. He's interested in that. He's interested in the Lord purging and cleansing. See, I'm interested in the Lord cleaning me up if there's some area that needs cleaned up. You know, like I told someone recently, you know, the time has come. You're going to be dying. You know, there's certain things here that need taking care of. Because you stand before the Lord, it's over. You can't make things, certain things right then. You do it now, or it doesn't get done. You take what you are, who you are. You're not taking so, what with the, with the pastor is. You're not taking what somebody else is before the th- throne of God, before Jesus, at the judgment seat of Christ. You're taking yourself, what you have become or what you have not become. I take myself. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame this person. I can't blame that person. Oh, it was the the pastor we had? I didn't like him. I, I don't like his mannerisms. I don't like this person. None of that's going to fly. See, Jesus is going to be there at the judgment seat, and He's going to say, "Okay, He's going to agree with what what's there. What you've become. Okay, this is what you've become. Okay, this here is is for you. This is not for you because you have not. You don't have the character to." to to come into this. So he that does or practices the truth has a pure eye, a single eye. He comes to the light. Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? This, This is a question. David is putting forth this question. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle... And who may dwell in your holy hill? It's probably meaning here, abide in your, your tabernacle, in the sanctuary. And then the second part is probably related to the spiritual place, close to the Lord. Who will dwell in your holy hill? So that's the question. And then he answers that throughout the rest of these verses. He who walks uprightly, and works righteousness, and speaks the truth in his heart. Now, when you continue on down through these verses, one of the things you're going to see here is David is talking about those that have the character to dwell with the Lord. So, If you're going to dwell with the Lord, if you're going to be with him, I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm talking about abiding in him. If you're going to abide in Him, and that's where you, you want to live, abiding in Him, then your character, my character, must be in the process of changing. See, I can't keep my old sinful self alive and try to abide in Him, in Christ. That way it doesn't work. and There won't be any fruit. Nothing good is going to be produced. So there must be a change. So if you, you and I or any Christian is going to abide in Jesus, that, is, that, that means that we must have a change in character if we're going to be there and stay there, if we're going to abide there. So he says, He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth with his heart. The qualifying thing for that is not just what you believe in, you know what I'm saying? Like I said before, because I believe it, it's truth. No. You speak the truth in your heart. He's talking about a certain character that because he has come under the law of the Lord, he has become to some degree Christ like, and the truth has come into him, the pure truth, and now he can speak the truth. In his heart, you see that. Okay. In closing, John eight, John eight, verse thirty one. This this verse here puts this verses underneath of it in their proper context. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed believed him, so. Who's Jesus talking to? Who's Jesus talking to? Who what? Who believed him. So these are believers. Believers. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So... True disciples are in this position now to understand truth. I was looking at this and reading this, and I said, you see certain things? You say, wait a second. Now, everybody can understand some truth. You understand what I'm saying. If you have received Christ as your Savior, the Lord can start bringing the truth to you. But he's talking about abiding in him. Now, that's, that's something a little different, you know. A person can be a Christian and not be abiding in the Lord. Do you know that? A person can be a Christian and abide in the Lord and then swing out and not be abiding in the Lord. But he, he's saying here, if you abide in my word. So, the true disciple, you're, you're my disciple indeed, or you're a true disciple they're in a position now to understand the truth because they are abiding in his word. Verse 32, because of that, because you are are a true disciple now, you believe and you're abiding in his word, because of that, you shall know the truth. You see that? So the true disciple is the one in the position to know the truth. They're in the position to see it, to understand it, to walk in it, to teach it. So if a person is not going to abide in his word, and they're, they're going to also have uh, this mixture in them. And you shall know the truth. So... Abiding, as I see it in that verse, abiding is the key to understanding truth. It's key. You know, so the Christian needs to find out what what abiding is, or better yet, the Christian needs to abide in the truth. I mean, you don't see if you go outside here and you look at a tree, you see the branch come off a tree and take a vacation. I think I'm going to go up the street, you know. I think I'm going to go over here 50 feet away and I'm going to jump in the soil and I'll stay there for a while. Then I'm going to hop back over and get, get back in the tree. No, the branches abide in the tree. If they don't abide in the tree, what happens? They're cut off and they wither. What Jesus said in John 15. So verse 33 Now, this is the Jews. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. So their truth was based upon them being Abraham's seed. Their their truth was based upon the natural thing. The truth that Jesus is bringing forth is based upon the spiritual truth that he, he got from his father. Verse 34, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. It's truth. So I want to conclude saying this, true light and revelation will always, always take us to Jesus. Truth, the true light and revelation will always take us to Jesus, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom, and knowledge so you know wisdom and knowledge is is good you know we should be acquiring that but remember it's not for us for us it is to take us to him all light that comes to you all truth that comes to you all revelation that may come to you will be the source of that and the direction will be to take you to Jesus. Now it may it may have a direction for you to do something, but I'm, but the actual direction it's taking for you in your life is to Jesus. So if you if somebody comes to you with this great revelation or with this light is it taking them to Jesus? You know, you know where's it going? Remember, the key to understanding truth is what? Abiding. You have to abide in him.